As entrepreneurs, we see the world differently. In a world that not only tolerates but promotes mediocrity, we unreasonably demand more. Giving you access to the world's most successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders, this podcast uncovers the untold truths of what it really takes to build a multi-million dollar business while optimizing your personal performance in every area of your life. I'm Jack DeLosa. Let's get to work. Hello team and welcome back to another episode of the Jack DeLosa podcast, the place you go to master your business and elevate your life. Today I'm super excited to be joined by a very special guest from Austin, Texas, Mr. Ryan Dice. Ryan, so glad to finally have you on the podcast. Yes, yes, happy to be here, Jack. Thanks so much for for having me and glad we were able to connect. 100%. Now, team, Ryan is one of the world's leading digital marketing experts. He's a best-selling author, founder of multiple companies, collectively employing hundreds around the globe, and one of the most dynamic speakers on marketing. Many of you uh, would probably most likely recognize the name. Now, Ryan is the creator of the customer value journey methodology and has introduced and really popularized uh, the way companies globally view digital marketing at scale. And so today we're going to hone in on that customer value journey and the eight steps to really turning strangers into friends and customers into advocates. Ryan's company, Digital Marketer, is the leading provider of digital marketing training and certifications. Its community has over 15,000 paid members and over half a million subscribers. The company is on a mission to double the size of 10,000 businesses by 20. 20. Uh, so I'm very excited to have this man on the podcast. Ryan, you should know before we start that I think I've done almost every digital marketer course, as has my entire marketing team. So you are talking to a bunch of fans right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hopefully it's, uh, <laughs> it's been beneficial. It has absolutely been beneficial. And so, Ryan, before we jump into it, let's, you know, digital marketing is a very complex, ever changing landscape. It's hard for a lot of business owners to keep up. What is the number one common mistake you see businesses making when it comes to marketing themselves online? Uh, well, I'd have to point at two of them, um, if that's okay. Right. Um, the, the first is a tactical one, and the second is more strategic. So I'll kind of break them down, um, you know, one by one. And because the first is really simple, and that's just they they jump into every new tactic, every new bright shiny object that comes their way. Uh, so, you know, and I remember, gosh, when when. I remember when Google was new. I remember when Facebook was new and then Twitter and then all these other channels, you know, every marketer was just jumping headfirst into it saying like, we've got to master this new thing. We have to figure it out. And very often you don't. So we could talk about, you know, that because, um, because gosh, a digital marketer in most of my companies, we're almost never first uh, into right. one of these marketing channels. And, and, and it's because your customers aren't there yet either. All right. Don't wait for your marketing friends to get excited about it. Wait for your, you know, your, your, your grandparents, your uncles, and your, you know, your like in Texas, we got rednecks. I don't know if you got rednecks in Australia, but, um, you know, wait for your redneck friends to get excited about it. Then dive in. So that's the first thing, big mistake is they chase the shiny objects before, uh, before real people, before normal people are, are interested in them. And, mm. and they wind up going down thing the, the second big mistake that I see uh, people make is uh, especially folks who come from a brick and mortar background or they're used to selling face to face. They essentially want to take the offer. They want to take the pitch. They want to take the, the, um, the promotion that's worked best in an offline world. And they want to just put it on their website and they want to mm. drive people there and they want people just to buy it. Mm. And the reality is it's not the same. Um, when you are selling in a physical world, uh, when you're selling face to face, when you're when somebody has come into your store, when they're calling you on the phone, um, 
there isn't usually a relationship there that's been developed. Um, you've gone on multiple dates with them uh, to use kind of maybe a dating and relationship analogy. Um, and, and frankly, I just see far too many people essentially doing the business equivalent of proposing marriage on a first date. So they're trying to ask for way too much too early on. Uh, they don't think out, um, you know, do, should I, am I matching this to, you know, this, this journey where, where somebody is in, in, in the relationship? Does, does it make sense with this applied normal, healthy human relationship? Or am I really pushing too hard? So those two things, having their sequence off, um, asking digital, asking the internet to do way too much, and then simultaneously chasing the shiny objects that digital offers. 100%. I think that will resonate with a lot of listeners. Um, now, Ryan, as I said, my entire marketing team has been trained on your customer uh, value optimization model, which I understand has recently been updated and it is soon to be released. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today. It's now been updated to the customer value journey. Talk to us at a high level before we jump into the sort of mechanics of it. What is the customer value journey and why is it critical for business owners to be adopting? Sure. So the customer value journey simply recognizes that the buying process is relational, right? Uh, So often we want to turn the buying process into a transaction because at at some point it's going to culminate in in a transaction. But I don't care what you're selling. And I've sold lots of things um, online, I've sold lots of things offline. Literally everything from makeup brushes uh, to in, uh, to you know industrial water filters to desalinization plants. Right? Mm. Um, I've got a vast array of experience, and I can tell you, in every instance, it's always a human selling to another human. Uh, it may be a human whose uh, whose voice, whose message has been uh, turned into text on a screen or a video. Um, you know, or an audio or a webinar. So it may have been digitized, but make no mistake, it's still a human being on one end and there's still another human being sitting on the other end who has a very real human need, who has a very real human challenge. And again, I don't care if you're selling to consumer or B2B, it's always a human over there who has a specific need. So what we're simply doing with the customer value journey is we're acknowledging that. We're acknowledging that business is not B2B, it's not B2C, it is H to H, it is human to human. Um, And we need to, meet these humans where, where they are. We need to understand in the beginning, they probably don't know who we are. Um, they, they probably don't care who we are. They care who they are in their specific problem. And it's just a matter of asking the question, what do we need to cover? What steps do we need to take people through um, so that they can go from that stranger to a friend who's maybe willing to transact? You know, who maybe we get their, their name and email address. Maybe they, we have a small transaction, then maybe it begins to ascend up into a full-blown relationship. So it's all about mapping that journey, beginning with the end in mind. Where do we want it to end? But also acknowledging that it's not going to start where we want it to end. Just like no relationship starts where you want it to end. Mm-hmm. And so let's jump into it because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And as you say, <clears throat> you know, I think it is something a lot of businesses get wrong is really proposing on the first date and not understanding how to <clears throat> humanly and elegantly in a classy way sequentially and systematically, right? So you can do it at scale, build that relationship. So um, let's jump into it. What's step one? Yeah, step one is awareness. Just generate awareness. And so if we're thinking about this from, and so if it's all right with you, I'd kind of like to run two parallel examples. Let's think about dating and relationships and then let's think about digital. Is that okay? Perfect. I promise we're not going to get more than about PG-13, okay? (laughs) Um, But I think it's important, right? Because I think it's a great analogy. Yeah, if we can match yeah. with dating relationships, it's something that hopefully everybody can understand. So, you know, so step one is you have to be seen. 
um, they have to they have to see you. Um, mm. and, and so in dating relationships, right, it's, it's it's I see another person and I'm attracted to them. Right. Mm. Um, I, I uh, so what that means is you got to be where they are. Uh, and so more times than not, that's going to look like advertising. So people are going to become mm. aware because you advertise in Facebook, you advertise in Google. Maybe it's referrals. Um, but I like the awareness strategies that are going to be predictable, that are going to be repeatable. So I like advertising. I, I like advertising in Google and I like advertising in Facebook. Those are the traffic stores today. Facebook is where I would recommend starting. Um, Google for some of those branded search terms. If it's working, you can expand from Facebook into Instagram because they're owned, you know, same company, right? Uh, and, and with Google, you can expand into YouTube. Same channel, same ad, ad, ad platform. That's frankly going to get you just about every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. Just through those four channels right there. So that's awareness. That's stage one. Mm. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is awareness is easy. Um, you can get awareness. So think about awareness as a glance, right? It's it's pretty easy in this day and age um, to get a glance. It used to be hard before digital, um, radio, TV. It was all expensive. Um, very often you had to wait a really long time for it to start. I mean, now you go set up a Google, Facebook account for better or worse, you're going to start getting traffic pretty quickly for not a lot of money. Um, and, and that's, that's why stage two is so important. So we generated awareness. We got that glance. Now, how do we turn it into a stare? And we do that through engagement. So stage two is engage. Stage one was awareness. Stage two is engagement, engage. It's not enough just to generate the, the glance. We got to turn it into a stare more times than not. That's going to look like content, right? So you've probably heard about content marketing, Right. And, and people talk about content marketing as it's as if it's this like isolated profession. It's not. It's about engaging with the audience that we have. Um, now, it used to be. I don't know how long you've been doing this, Jack. I made my first sale in 1999. Wow. Um, back then, people were they'd give you your email address for just about anything. You know, they were just happy to get email. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't a lot of, you know, you've got mail, right? Remember you're right. like, yeah, I got mail. Um, <laughs> now they're like, I don't want mail. Right. Um, so what the engaged stage is, is acknowledging um, is, is that I'm not even going to give my email address to somebody unless they've given some value in advance. Um, so we think about this in dating and relationships, right? This is walking up to somebody and having a conversation. This is walking up to somebody and maybe buying them a drink. Right. So if you put out an amazing piece of content, maybe it's a great video. Um, and, and by amazing, I don't mean it has to be amazingly well produced. Uh, I tell people all the time, just to answer questions. Your audience has questions. Record a video of you just answering those dang questions. And if you want to know where to go to answer questions, if you if you're like, yeah, I don't know what content to produce. Have you ever heard of uh, Quora.com? Yeah. 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 So Quora.com. Q U. O-R-A, I think, Q-U-R-A, yep. something like yep. that. Yeah, Quora.com. It's a question and answer site. Yep. You can go there, search for your industry. And the beautiful thing is you won't just find questions, you'll find the answers. So even <laughs> if you don't like know the answer to questions, like they're there. That's the beautiful thing about Quora. <laughs> but I tell people just answer questions, right? Uh, um, when you answer people's questions, you then earn the right to start a new conversation, right? And I think that's so important. Engagement conversation. If you're at a party, right? If you want to meet somebody new, you don't saunter up to a group. Just be like, well, hey, everybody, let's talk about this thing. Now I want to engage with the conversation they're already having. Then I can maybe redirect it to the conversation I want to have. That's what content marketing is. That's what social is. So, you know, so we talked about stage two um, from a tactical digital marketing perspective. That's content marketing. That's social media marketing. That's stage two. Now stage three, stage three is the subscribe stage. Right? We want to get their email address. We want to have the ability to follow up. 
So stage three is when we're going to offer lead magnets. We're going to have landing pages. We're going to offer them something um, to get, you know, to, to get their contact information so that we have the ability to follow up. Um, the subscribe stage acknowledges that the vast majority of sales, uh, it, it doesn't matter how great you are, will not occur on the first visit. We must have the ability to follow up. Ryan, talk to us about lead magnets. What are they? Why are they important? Sure. A lead magnet is simply um, a chunk of value. It's a chunk. It, it's a. It's content that is gated, meaning it, unlike a blog post, which is ungated, uh, or social content, which is ungated, meaning anybody can access it at any time. Um, a lead magnet is gated content. So you've put some, you know, it's hidden somewhere. Maybe it's on a, an open page somewhere, but generally they have to opt in and then they'll receive it. So usually this is a special report. Maybe it's a video series, um, mini class, even a webinar would be a, a gated content. So he's registering for a webinar. So in that case, a webinar is functioning a bit more like a lead magnet. But a lead magnet is simply a chunk of value. In the e-commerce space, um, if you sell physical products online, it could be a coupon code, right? Opt in to get a coupon code, opt in to join our club to get free shipping. Uh, so a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I don't sell digital products. A lead magnet won't work for me. Um, uh, I would disagree. Um, I've seen it work <laughs> in only every business we tried it in. So, so that's stage three, right? Offering something of value. Um, and it's that next step, right? It's, it's, you know, hey, I really enjoyed hanging out. Um, you know, can I get your number? We should go grab coffee sometime, right? Um, that's, can I get your number because later on I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee is kind of the implicit, um, that's a little bit like the, the, the deal there. Yeah. Um, so that's the first three stages. Now that we call that the prospect phase. All right. right. That's the prospect phase of the relationship. Uh, step one, awareness, step three, engagement. I'm sorry, step two, engagement, step three, subscribe in that stage. They're, they're prospects. When we get into stage four, this is when the relationship fundamentally shifts. We call that the convert stage. What we're looking for in the convert stage is a micro commitment. Now, micro commitment could be uh, a commitment of time or uh, a, a small amount of time or a small amount of money. Because human beings, this, that's how we show commitment. We show commitment with our wallets and with our calendars. You know, if somebody's like, you want to hang out with somebody? And they're like, ah, oh, sorry, I just don't have time. What that really means is I don't have time for you. They got time. <laughs> they got the same 24 hours you got, right? They're right. choosing to spend their time doing other stuff that is of a higher priority and a higher commitment to them, right? Sounds harsh, but it's true. Same thing. I don't have any money. Really? You eat food this week? You know, you pay your rent? You got money. You just don't have money for me. So it's a commitment <laughs> issue, right? It's a commitment issue because these are some, some of the finite things that we're dealing with on any, on any given time. So at the convert mm. stage, we're looking for a micro commitment. You know, I've talked about before, um, you know, the big problem that challenge that people have so often with digital marketing is they don't ask for a micro commitment at the beginning. Mm. They're like, hey, welcome to my website. Give me a lot of money. Right. Hey, welcome to my website. Um, you know, sign up for this you know, expansive, you know, really big, time consuming thing. No, 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 no. That's like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, want to go back to my place and get free. Again, like maybe it works <laughs> in some places in general, not going to work. No. Right. What do we normally do? Hey, I really enjoyed hanging out. We should go grab coffee sometime. So what we're looking for at the convert stage is what is the, hey, let's go get coffee. Let's go meet up for coffee. That's the level of commitment that we're talking about. So, you know, if you're familiar with the concept of the tripwire, right, a tripwire offering, kind of a yeah. small, you know, impulse buy, a loss leader, those all, you know, fall on the level of a, uh, you know, of a, of a convert. Um, if somebody signs up for a demo. If somebody takes a test drive, for example, you know, at a car dealership, 
that's a con. They're they're rising level of a, of a convert. They're they're giving up, you know, some of some of their time for that. Um, I mentioned before, if somebody registers for a webinar, that's a subscribe. If somebody uh, if somebody actually shows up and attends the webinar, they've given some of their time. They're now a mm. convert, mm. right? The relationship is fundamentally changing, and that's what we're mm. looking for. When you meet someone for coffee, you may. Say like, ah, oh, we're just meeting up, but make no mistake, the relationship is fundamentally changed. You're on a date. Mm. You're dating. Um, and, and so that's where the convert stage, it starts the customer phase, right? So we talked about the first three being the customer phase. Yep. The next three that we're going to talk about uh, that starts with stage four is the customer phase. So we want to get them as a convert. Then stage five is the excite phase. And this is a biggie. Um, it's important to, to acknowledge that just because someone goes out with you once, that doesn't mean you're going to get a second date. They have to be glad they went on the first one. Um, and you see this, are, are you familiar with, um, with Groupon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Groupon's a thing. And, yeah. Good, Groupon's a thing. Yeah. So a big thing. Yeah. Most, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, yeah. Most of the Groupons. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was, right. Yeah. It was a big thing. Yeah. And part of the reason that Groupon is an utter failure for most businesses is that they'll give away something. They'll give away a free dessert to get a bunch of people in. And then what happens? Well, they don't really train their staff that, hey, we're going to be rushed this day. And, and you know what? A lot of people are going to be freebie seekers and they're not going to tip that well. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to make sure that you get taken care of. All right. If you get stuff, we're going to make sure you get taken care of. We'll, we'll, all we want you to focus on is just love the people when they come in. Love mm. on them. Mm. give them the most amazing service in the world. Mm. But that's not what they do. Instead, they're like, oh, it was free. So I don't have to do that much. Mm. Oh, mm. you know, the, the webinar is free. So it doesn't have to be that good. I, I'm going to hold my really good stuff back for the, for the next thing. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, I have a book that I wrote and I want to give it away as a free plus shipping. Um, but because it's free, I'm going to make sure, you know, the book doesn't have to be that good. That's not true at all. Mm. Think again, go back to dating and relationships. When are you on your absolute best behavior? The first, first date. First date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chris Rock. You know the comedian Chris Rock? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So Chris Rock has this bit. He's like, when you go out on a first date with somebody, you're not going on a date with them. You're going on a date with their representative. Right? We get this in dating relationships. And yet, all too often in business, we act as though, well, they didn't pay that much. Oh, well, they came in with this. They came with a coupon. They came with a discount code. Ah, screw them. That's the opposite of what you should be doing. You right. need to make sure it's amazing. So that's why we have as a stage, Excite. What are you going to do to make sure that some aha moment happens? How are you going to engineer the aha moment? If you are, have a consultative sale, what are you going to say during that sales consult that gets them excited? They're coming mm. into your store. If, if they're on a webinar, what are you going to deliver there in that content? If, if you gave them a sample, are you going to make sure that, it, that it's great that they get a result? Um, so that's marketing. That's marketing and, and ensuring that consumption happens. So what's your email follow-up? Um, do you need to have some outbound, right? That's step five. That's the convert stage. That's a biggie. You got to make sure that, that – I'm sorry, that, that's the excite stage. You got to make sure that you think through that. Um, then we get into stage six, which is the ascend stage. Now at the ascend stage, that's when you have your core offering, some additional profit maximizers, if somebody's signing up for so, – so maybe somebody signing up for a trial or a demo was a convert, right? Now, during the trial and demo, they got excited. Something happened. They're like, this is great, so that they ascend into a full member. But getting them to stay month after month after month, right, that – so we, we generally visualize stage six as a ladder of ascension. All right, so that's the ascend stage. 
And that could be a really long stage. Hopefully they're in that for a long time. They keep ascending up and up and up. I mean, I know we have digital marketer customers who started by downloading a report or reading a blog post. The next thing you know, they're purchasing a $7 execution plan. They're taking a trial to lab. Um, they're signing up for higher levels of lab. They're buying our certifications of their entire team. They're coming out to our events, showing up, you know, signing up for masterminds, right? And it all started with that one little first purchase. Mm. That sounds crazy, but think about the most meaningful relationship in your life right now. I've been married for 15 years. Um, to, and this woman has given me four amazing children. I mean, she's, you know, we share our most intimate moments together. And yet there was a time when we were total strangers. Mm. I mean, I remember the day we met. We were mm. total strangers. That's how all relationships begin. Business is no different. All right. So hopefully the ascension occurs. Uh, I'll be honest, it's, it's at about stage seven when the relationship analogy starts to break down. Stage seven is the advocate stage. That's when they're saying nice <laughs> things about you. Now, hopefully you want the person you're with to say nice things about you. Um, but uh, usually, you know, they're not going to say nice things about you to encourage other people to no, hook up with you, correct. right? So again, yeah. this yeah, is when no one other buyers. <laughs> this is when it breaks down. But stage seven is when we do tra transition into, into the advocate stage, right? right? Um, so stage seven, they're, they're an advocate. And really stage eight, they're an active promoter. So seven is the advocate stage. Stage eight is the promoter stage. And really mm. the difference is at the promoter stage, um, that's when they're an affiliate. That's when they're a reseller. That's when they're, um, that's when they're actively promoting you and your brand. Mm. Um, not just at the advocate stage, just saying nice things. They might be leaving a testimonial. Um, the point is, um, people don't realize this. Happy customers don't refer. Successful customers refer. Mm. Happy customers don't refer. Happy customers might say something nice about you, but it's successful customers who refer predictably. And the reason is it's successful customers, it's successful people who get asked, hey, what did you do? Right? If you got a terrible haircut, nobody's going to ask you, where'd you get your haircut? Mm. Or if they do, they're going to be like, where'd you get your haircut? Because I don't want to go there. Right? <laughs> it's, it's when you're successful, right? It, it's when you do something well that people are like, that's really great. How'd you do that? Then people go, oh, well, I signed up for this course and I went through this training and they, they showed me how to do it. Or, you know, oh, I went to this place and, you know, I bought this, this thing and it really helped me out. Or I signed up for this gym or I, you know, it's successful people who refer. So this idea of the advocate stage of, of ensuring that you're not just making people happy, but that you're making them successful. That's, that's what the customer journey is all about. It's all about them starting as strangers, becoming friends, becoming customers, but at the same time, not leaving them where they are, trying to make them better versions of themselves, not just because they're more likely to promote and to refer, which by the way, generates additional awareness. So you can visualize this journey really as a circle that ideally never ends. Mm. It's also just a nice thing to do, right? Mm. You're in business, not just to make money, but hopefully you're in business to, to make people's lives better. Mm. And so thinking about how you make them successful and how you take them through that journey, that's really what those eight steps are about. And then how do we leverage marketing to make it happen? Because marketing touches every single one of those steps. 100%. And then the, the other principle that really underpins this entire framework is return path. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, return path is simply an acknowledgement that uh, this journey is not just a straight line, like, like any journey. You know, you, you know somebody, might, uh, somebody might become aware and then they, you know, engage, maybe look at some content, maybe they opt in, but they don't convert. They're just not that. So what does that mean? It means they're just not that into you yet. Right. So you go up to somebody in a bar and you're like, hey, can I buy you a drink? They're like, no, that's all right. 
Now, maybe that means they don't like you. Maybe that means they're not thirsty. So what do we need to do? Try a, a different offer. You know, oh, you want to dance? No. Again, maybe they don't like you. Maybe they just don't want to dance. You know, oh, you want to hear a joke? Yeah, sure. I'd love to hear a joke. Okay. So the convert stage very often, we need to try a different offer. So the return path kind of recognizes that. The return path acknowledges, okay, we got into this point. They didn't move past this point. That usually means that we need to re-engage them. How yeah. do we do that? Email newsletters are a type of return path, right? We want to send email follow-up. Retargeting is a type of return path, right? Ad retargeting. So all of these different tactical things that we as marketers need to do, if you visualize it as this eight-stage journey, now all these tactics begin to find a home, right? So you say, okay, so for all the people who you know, came to my website, who read, who opted in for this report, but then they didn't buy, what do we need to do? Well, from a return path perspective, we should retarget them, maybe additional reports, um, maybe discounts, or, you know, we need to send email follow-up. Um, all, all that's an aspect of, of the return path. And it can happen in a lot of different stages of that, you know, of that journey. Um, anytime somebody can stop, you know that if they didn't make it past that point, return path. Don't give up. Follow up. Right. For those listening, this is such an incredible framework in that it's so holistic and, and really contains everything one needs to do, is, as you said before we started record, recording, to turn friends into customers. Where would one start? If they're listening to this for the first time, they're going, man, it's all here. What, what, what do you suggest as a step one, step two? Yeah, it's a great question because what I, where I don't recommend that people start, which is where everybody wants to start, is step one, which is the awareness stage. Right. So most people come and they go, all right, I just need to get more traffic. But do you? Right? Let's say you're a complete and utter chucklehead, right? You're terrible with women. <laughs> you, the second you talk to somebody, you just say the stupid thing. You can't, you, you, you keep shoving your foot in your mouth so fast, there's nothing you can do, right? You're the most unappealing person in the world. Do you need to go out more? Do you need to meet more people? No. No, at some point, you're going to convince every woman in your town that you're just a pariah, right? You need to stay away. You need to go hide in a corner until you can fix you, right? Uh, and then you can go out and do it. So, uh, so where I actually tell people to start is, is uh, uh, stage six. So get really clear on where do you want it to kind of end. Right. Um, it's a bit presumptuous to go all the way to stage eight and have people talking about you. Let's yeah. go into so, so we're kind of going to begin in the middle a little bit. So where do you right. want it to end? What's that core offer? Now the question that you have to ask, we're going to begin working our way backwards. Okay, what does someone need to believe? What do they need to experience? What aha moment do they need to have to where they're like, okay, I'm in. I want to buy it. Right. So let me give you an, an example. Uh, Tesla. You familiar with Tesla? Yeah. So um, if you ever go, do you have you ever been in a Tesla driven yeah. one done a test drive? Yep. Do you yep. have a Tesla? No, I don't. That's my next car. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you, it's worth doing a test drive because it's a great lesson in sales and marketing. So when I got mine, um, I, I did test drive. Right. So I already talked about the test drive is the convert stage. I'm giving some of my time. Mm. But during the test drive. I'm going around and you know, you're, it's like any test drive, you're driving around and you're kind of nervous. You're in a car you don't own with a stranger who's judging your driving habits and all this stuff. So, um, so I'm not feeling particularly, you know, I'm just driving around like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I'm probably going to buy it. Let's, let's go back to the dealership. And the guy's like, uh, before we go back, you have to do a launch. What's a launch? So he takes me over to this, this road that's kind of over by the dealership and he looks around. He's like, okay, what I want you to do is just floor it. Mm. Like just come to a complete stop and then just floor it. Mm. And if you look, um, if you go to YouTube and look for Tesla launch, 
you will see videos of people doing this generally to their friends who are freaking out because that car goes, you know, zero to 60 to about 2.8 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like anything else you've ever been in. It takes your breath away. And if you don't put your head against the the back cushion, it'll get, it'll literally give you whiplash. I, I gave my mom whiplash. I felt really bad about that. Um, but they teach <laughs> you to do that. They, and they do not consider it to be a successful test drive until they do a launch. Why? Because that's the aha moment. You know, it's a fun car. It's a cool car. A lot of good, but when you do that launch, mm. the, the salesperson will lean over to you because this is script if they're doing it right. At least how mm. they do it in the States. This mm. is a sales script. This is mm. marketing, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. He leaned over and go, said, kind of like owning your own private roller coaster, isn't it? Pretty cool. Sold, right? So that's the <laughs> aha moment. That's the excite stage. Right. So what, what must I experience? What must I believe to be, what must I know to be true? Um, what's that aha moment that I must have to make that? core purchase. Well, for Tesla, it's the launch, right? So to figure out what that is for you is important. Um, it really is important. And they, they teach and talk about this a lot in Silicon Valley um, and SaaS startups. They talk about the aha moment. In my experience, most businesses have not thought about what is their aha moment, but I guarantee you have it. And, and you can, now that you think about it, um, you, you might begin to observe it, but you can also ask customers, what mm. was the moment when you knew you were ready to buy? Mm. Talk to your sales team right? When, what happens when you just know you got them, when you know they're going to close, right? Um, what's the thing if let's say you're selling through a webinar um, or you're selling a course or something like that, what's the thing that people keep coming back to be like, I loved this part right here, right? When you said this thing, when you did this thing, that's the aha moment. We want to engineer that. We want to get to that stage. Um, so we know what our aha moment is. Now we got to ask ourselves, how do we get there? Um, so if you know at Tesla, the aha moment is the launch, then we got to get them in the car. We need to test drive, mm. right? So whatever that aha moment is, now we want to work into how do that. we engineer a convert stage? Yeah, yeah, that'll get us to the aha moment, right? Now that we know what the convert stage is, what should be at the subscribe stage to build mm. upon this? Mm. What content? How do we need to engage in stage two so that they want to give us their name and email address? And then what advertising do we need to run to get them to the engage stage, to get them to subscribe, to get them to convert? And that's when what you have is just a greased shoot, yeah, right? They start at the bottom process. and go, because you started, you began with the end in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Ron, if we switch gears a little bit, it, it appears like um, Facebook from a, you know, a content impression standpoint, as well as an advertising standpoint, is becoming more tricky and more difficult. And this, this, I'm assuming this is probably a question you get asked a fair bit right now. What's, what's your view on that? You know, do, do you see it, firstly, do you think it has gotten harder? Do you see it continuing to get harder? And what, what's, what's the sort of key pieces of advice you give to business owners, you know, given the climate right now? It has gotten harder. I mean, it, it's gotten harder and then it's gotten more expensive. Yeah. It's more competitive. But that was only always going to happen. Yeah. What media has that not occurred to? I mean, again, I, I, was, I made my first sale online in 1999. Google was a science fair project. I mean, I remember when you just you used to just be able to stuff the keywords you wanted to rank for at the bottom of the page. You made those keywords the same color as the background of the page, and <laughs> boom, you were ranked. You were ranked for those keywords, right? And then you know what? It got harder. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure that there was a time when you know TV ads were really inexpensive. You could probably buy a Super Bowl ad, for example, in the states for less than a million dollars for 30 seconds or something like that, right? Or however much it costs. Right? This is how media happens. Um, media consolidates and then media gets more expensive. Um, and, and and it's nothing new. I mean, it happened with the railroads. Like this is just, mm. this is nothing new. So 
Um, so yeah, so it happened. The, the, the thing is, it's happening to everyone. So everyone is having to to deal with these, you know, with these economics. And and so who wins at the end of the day? He or she who's able and willing to spend the most to acquire a customer, mm. right? If you're able and willing, people say, I, I can't, you know, I, I just, I, I can't afford my Facebook. Uh, Facebook clicks, Google AdWords, they've, they've all gotten too expensive. I, I can't afford to do it. You got a couple of choices to make. Um, you can decide, well, I guess that's it. And that's not fair. And life isn't fair. And Google and Facebook are just mean. Um, that's kind of a wimpy, pathetic, victim-laden <laughs> approach that I'm not going to have a whole lot of you know, tolerance for. What you could say is this is the case for everybody. Everybody's dealing with this right now. So what do we need to do? It got more expensive. We need to figure out how to get more value. Mm. How do you get more value? You give more value. Mm. So that's the – I always think um, I got to put the onus back on me. Yeah. Um, and say, how do I deliver more value? But yeah, I mean, the reality is, look, Facebook and Google control, I think, 86% of all digital ad spend runs through those two channels. Right. Um, Facebook's had a lot of challenges lately, to say the least, um, where, where their usage is down. Mm. Um, and, and so you've got competition going up, usage going down. I mean, basic you know, seventh grade economics is going to tell me supply and demand ratios are not in the favor of the advertisers, right? But what it, what we're seeing in all the markets that we're in, yep, um, it is a, it is more expensive, no doubt. In some cases, it might be 25, 30% more expensive even than it was, you know, 18 months ago. Mm. Um, but there's less competition. So it's weeding out those who can't survive. And, um, and, and so we're able to get more. So as is the case with consolidation, um, the strong survive, the rich get richer. I guess you've got to decide, are you going to be one of the ones who, who survives uh, by adjusting the economics of your business accordingly? Or are you going to be the fish that never grows lungs? Mm, mm. You just, you know, flopping around on the, uh, on the land. Mm. Um, I know that in every single business, you can make a choice to deliver more value. And as a result, um, be well within your rights to request more value from the customer. And in fact, if you do it right, they're going to beg you uh, to take uh, more, more revenue from them. So um, that, that's, that really is how you solve it. Absolutely. But there's no doubt. I mean, your observation, I don't have good news in terms of, no, that's not happening at all. Or this was a momentary blip. It's more expensive. Mm. It's more expensive. It just mm. is. Mm. It just is. And it's not going to change. Right. It's adjust the funnels, give more value to get more value and and, and ultimately try and build self-liquidating funnels so that you can spend more to acquire a customer. Yeah. And I'll also say, um, be willing to pay for the click twice. Now, this is going to sound a little bit um, counterintuitive, but we allocate in any business that we're in at least 20% of our ad spend to driving to content ungated content. So look at this blog post, watch this video, right? We're going to allocate 20% of our ad spend. I'll guarantee you right now, you got 20% of waste somewhere. I've got a fire alarm going off, Ryan. I'm just going to see if I can change Wow. I'm speaking to Ryan Dice from Austin, Texas. <laughs> this is my team, Ryan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? The emergency warning system is now complete. Oh, Thank fucking you. hell. Sorry, mate. It was a test. <laughs> they timed that brilliantly, didn't they? <laughs> 
That was amazing. Yeah, it's just a test. Um, I think we're at a good point. I can go. I can go back if, if you yeah, like. mate. I, that that twenty percent ratio, I think, is a really useful one. Yeah. Rock and roll. All right. Yeah. So, so this is a bit counterintuitive, but I actually recommend that you pay for the click twice. Um, so, so what we do is we always allocate twenty percent of our of our ad spend um, to driving traffic to content, and generally this is going to be in, in Facebook, right? So, everybody's wanting to run Facebook ads to, you know, to landing pages where they can make the sale or get a lead or get somebody to register for a webinar or something like that. Mix it up, all right? Run advertising, okay? Amplify content. So have an ad that drives traffic to a blog post. Have an ad that drives traffic to a video. Have an ad where you amplify a video right there in Facebook to get somebody just to watch great content. They don't even have the ability to give you money. Now you're saying like, you want me to spend 20% of my ad budget and not make any money? Yes, for now, because I guarantee you got 20% of waste somewhere in your ad spend, okay? If you're advertising, you got 20%, it's not ROI, just reallocate that. Um, now, here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. If you do that and you, and, and you leverage uh, retargeting, now all the people who've seen that content, you, you can now advertise them to mm. a subscribe stage, to a convert stage. And because you're retargeting them, your clicks are actually going to be less expensive. So funny enough, while we, using this method, you're technically paying for the click twice, right? When they first saw the content uh, and then when they uh, get retargeted uh, to go to your page, then in the aggregate, we get substantially lower, uh, we have a substantially lower cost per lead by paying for it twice because the click-through rate is much higher. Um, I'll tell you the, the, um, Nobody is sharing. If you're running an ad that's just going mm. to a, a landing page, nobody's sharing that ad. Mm. If you're running an ad to really great content that's useful and valuable where you're answering questions, mm. that's going to get shared. That's going to get viral traffic. That's going to get some free organic traffic. So, and, and what that's doing is that's building what's called your pixeled audience. And so through, through retargeting, and, and you can retarget through Google, you can retarget through Facebook. Um, Facebook, you can, you can retarget people who watched a video, even if it's just inside of Facebook, they never went to your website. You could say, Hey, Facebook, everybody who watched at least 30 seconds of this video, we shown this ad, you know, so maybe you got a video answering a question. Um, and the people who actually watched that you show them, uh, an ad for uh, a special report that's related to that question. What do you know? The click through rates through the roof, the conversion rates through the roof. Why? Because you know they're interested in it because they watch the content. And, and they remember you. It's like, oh, I remember that person. I remember that brand. They already bought me a drink. And so I'll tell you that the secret more times than not to paying less um, on an acquisition basis is going first. It's giving value in advance. It's scary. Um, but that's what works. Beautiful. Beautiful. And Ryan, as you look forward you know, over the next, let's say, one to three years, do you see any next waves in terms of what the next wave of where the next wave of opportunity is going to come from? So funny enough, I, I don't see any significant yeah. changes from a channel's perspective. I think yeah. Google and Facebook are the winners. Um, you know, they've, they've acquired the other biggies. Um, I, I think um, chat is, is interesting. Mm. So when we look at messenger, for example, Facebook messenger, but most of those are, um, supplements to other conversational media like email. Yes. Um, 
So uh, is that really new? Not so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's a variation. It's a new channel. I'm not saying it isn't important that you should handle it, but, um, but I think the days of just like something new that you can jump into um, for a while, at least those are over. There really hasn't been anything new. Was, was Snapchat new? Not really. That didn't really move the needle. I mean, podcasting has been around for a long time. Um, so I believe we're moving into a consolidation phase. Mm. We're, we're, we're moving into a phase much like we saw with media. Frankly, you think about media going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. There was very little change. You had newspaper, magazine, radio, television. Mm. And what did it come down to? It came down to the, the best brands, the people with the best offers. Um, and it came down to the brands that ultimately branded the brands that made us feel good. So I think we're going to, I think we're going to be seeing a shift away from just a, a pure direct response and into more of a branding yep. type play. Yep. Now, what I don't think branding is, is necessarily like slogans and, you know, Tony, the tiger and mascots and all these things. Um, what I think branding is going to look like in the next generation is value first. I think it's going to look like giving content first. Um, cause I think, it, you know, brand, I would define branding as anything that builds relational equity. You know, if you go back to the old, you know, Coke ad in the 1970s, I'm sure it ran in Australia because I'm pretty sure it ran all over the world, right? Of the young teenagers all gathering on the hilltop, mm. you know, if you could give the world a Coke and it's, you know, this whole thing, like it, they didn't say that Coke tastes good. Mm. They said that Coke is this unifying force that's going to bring about, you know, peace and kind of a semi post hippie environment, right? <laughs> um, what that looks like, you know, what that, would, what they were doing is they were, they were making deposits of relational equity. Yeah. And I think what that looks like um, moving forward is brands are really going to have to do that. Brands are going to have to have a very clear perspective. They're going to have to have a clear voice. People don't want to buy from nameless, faceless brands anymore. Um, and uh, that's why you see some of the like so many legacy brands getting disrupted by new brands that just have a soul. Um, and so I, that's what I think is going to is going to win the day in the future. Um, a lot of marketers are going to have to get better at branding, mm. but it's, it's again, it's not the slogan. It's not the tagline. Mm. It's have, have a soul, have a perspective, have an opinion, take mm. a stand on some things, mm. um, be willing to even ruffle some feathers. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be Donald Trump, by the way. I ain't saying that. Um, <laughs> please don't be that. No. But what I am saying is, um, is you do need to have, you do need to have an opinion. You need to stand for something yeah. and then be willing to pay to put that, out mm. um, and be willing to engage before you ask somebody for you know for money. Mm. I think that's the big trend that we're going to see moving forward. Mm. Ryan, you are an absolute legend. This has been an incredibly powerful conversation. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for sharing so much uh, with us today. Um, now, team, for those of you listening, I'm sure you'd agree we've had some incredibly strong takeaways from Ryan today. Um, the world of digital marketing is quite broad and quite complex and we've really only scratched the surface with Ryan in the hour that we've had today so I encourage you all go to digitalmarketer.com digitalmarketer.com and check out uh, you know they offer a whole bunch of free resources and free subscriptions but they've also got some incredible courses there uh, that as I said earlier my entire marketing team and I are always on the cusp of also check out Ryan's digital marketers podcast it's called perpetual traffic again it's one that I often listen to it, just search uh, for it on whatever podcasting platform you use. Ryan, anywhere else where uh, my, my tribe might be able to follow and connect with you? Uh, if you're ever out in the, you know, in the States and, and you want to come by uh, Traffic and Conversion Summit, um, absolutely. TrafficandConversionSummit.com. And uh, we are 
actively. We we recently um, you know uh, partnered with and uh, and and brought on um, uh, an investment group to help us scale and take Traffic and Conversion Summit internationally. Um, so we plan to. Uh, we plan to expand outside of the U.S. and hopefully we'll be uh, swinging, uh, swinging through Australia in the not uh, too, too distant future. Should have more to report there. But we definitely want to take that show on the road. It's a lot of fun. And I know a lot of people have gotten some value from it. So trafficconversionsummit.com if you want to uh, keep up with uh, where we're going to be going next. We absolutely do hope you bring that to Australia. And if we do, then you and I should definitely talk. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we'd love to have you there. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much. We, uh, we really appreciate taking the time and particularly delivering so much value in this discussion, man. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, brother. Thanks for tuning into today's podcast. I'm Jack Delosa. If you enjoyed listening, make sure you hit subscribe and you'll be the first in line to get every new episode sent directly to your phone. While you're at it, open Instagram and connect with me. My handle is simply at Jack Delosa, D-E-L. OSA. This is where you'll find me every day sharing the secrets of scaling multi-million dollar businesses and giving you a behind the scenes look at what it really takes to build a life that you love. You can also find me on all the usual places, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Just search Jack Delosa. Thanks again for listening. And as always, dream out loud. That's a wrap. Yeah.